The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This week's special edition of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, is brought to you by the soon-to-be-redesigned HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. We're also brought to you by the Hameen Media Group, hameenmediagroup.podbean.com, and of course, over at the Realm Network once we get that up and running. Destino is also available over at the PW Hustle, pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com, and syndicated by our friends over at ndpw.com and the Rational Rage Network. You can find Destino wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, be it Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Google, Apple, or iHeartRadio. On today's dated but still very special episode of Destino, I'm joined by Mighty Joe from Turnbuckle Talk and my boy Billy Ray Valentine from the Infinite Fringe and the PW Hustle. Also, some musing notes to talk about what's going on with Destino as we head into the second set of Dome shows in the G1. So much to talk about on this episode, but first, my friends from Down Under. This is Knife Party. You blocked me on Facebook, and now you're going to die. Now you're going to die. inside of the world of New Japan and stardom, but also here personally inside of the 203. So I wanted to kind of get everyone caught up where we're at, what's going down, and where we're at going into G1 season. First things first, let's talk a little bit of stardom, the five-star Grand Prix, now fully underway, well, sort of. Several shows have now been canceled, rescheduled due to the COVID outbreak ongoing in Japan. For a full rundown of the Red and Blue Stars block, check out the previous episode with my friends from over at Armbar Audio. We break down both the Red Stars and the Blue Stars, kind of give our predictions. We'll see where we're at here as we go forward. Here are the current standings as of August 18th. Red Stars, five points for Starlight Kid, four points for Mina Shirakawa, Four points for Mayu Iwatani, as well as Julia. Three points for Natsupoi. Two points for Saki Kashima and Koguma. Two points also for my pick to win the entire tournament. Not going so well. Momo Watanabe. Both Himika and Death at zero points. Little surprising there. Blue Stars block. We have six points for the cutest in the universe, Tam Nakano. Six points for Micah, who might be having the best tournament of everybody inside of the world of stardom. Four points for Utami. Four points for Sayakamatani, as well as Unagi Sayaka and Shiri. Two points for Konami. Two points for Izumi. Zero points for Takumi Iroha. And zero points for Ruaka. At least that one is not surprising. Saturday and Sunday shows have been canceled, as well as the show on September 5th. New dates now being added to fill out the tournament. I will try to update you after the New Japan shows at the Met Life Dome. Of course, assuming that those shows happen. Shifting a little bit, let's talk a little bit about Resurgence. On the episode with Mighty Joe and Billy Ray... Uh, which was originally recorded a week ago. I'm just now having a chance to sit down and edit it. For some reason, I had the date for resurgence in my head wrong. I had this show as well as the Impact Emergence show 
names are too similar. I had I had the dates on them flipped. So obviously, resurgence has already happened. We had done a full resurgence preview at the end of this episode. I am going to edit that part out of this week's episode. I will run down the results here for you. But if you're listening to segment two and you're like, eh, that sounded kind of weird, that's why. That's what happened. We cut off the resurgence preview. So this show came to us last Saturday, August 14th, from The Torch at the L.A. Coliseum. Beautiful venue, about 2,000 people in attendance. Unfortunately, it's an outdoor venue, and they have not figured out how to mic an outdoor crowd yet. So the presentation was a little bit weird, um, but all in all, a fantastic show. Carl Fredericks defeats Alex Coughlin in his challenge series, 10 minutes and 48 seconds. Clark Connors, Ren Narita, TJP defeat the team of Rocky Romero, Fred Rosser, and Wheeler Yuta. This all leading up to the big match that's surely upcoming between Fred Rosser and Ren Narita, and I can't wait for it. I didn't think that these two guys would be the best dance partners in the world, but boy, they are absolutely lighting it up. Ten-man tag team action because, you know, it's a New Japan show. Leo Rush, Chris Dickinson, Fred Yehi, Adrian Quest, and Yuya Uemura making his debut at New Japan Strong. They defeat the team of Filthy, Tom Lawler, J.R. Kratos, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaacs. Uh, the match was good. It was good. I'm not really sure what's going on with Leo Rush. Leo Rush being advertised for the shows coming up in September, so maybe he hasn't retired. Uh, but the real point of this match here, after the match, Yuya Uemura welcomes himself to the United States, introduces himself to the American audience, and says that he will be training at the LA Dojo under Shibata-san. So out comes Katsutori Shibata, and he says, come with me if you want to live. Well, he didn't add the if you want to live, but he did say come with me. Uh, gave him the LA Dojo t-shirt. So sure thing, Uemura is going to be a big star. I, I'm expecting much more of the great Okan treatment when he returns from excursion as opposed to what happened with Master Wado. Your final undercard match of the evening, Juice Robinson defeats Hikuleo in about nine minutes. This one was kind of weird. These two guys didn't have a whole lot of chemistry, which was a little surprising inside of the ring. Then we get our first big surprise of the evening as the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Will Ospreay makes an appearance, comes out and tells the Americans what vile human beings they are, and it's, you know, very, very difficult to argue with him, even though I'm, wait, I, I, I'm an American. Ospreay says that he has been cleared, he is ready to go, and he is not going to be a part of the G1 Climax. He, he's not the only person that's not going to be a part of the G1. Uh, Osprey saying that he's going to be staying here in the States as the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Clearly, at some point, this is going to lead to Osprey versus whomever the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion may be um, to unify the belts. I'm looking forward to it, especially if we get rid of the uh, IWGP Divas Championship and uh, maybe bring back the version four because this this belt's just not doing it for me. Great promo out of Osprey. Great to see him back. Total dick mode, slimy, swarmy dick mode. Probably my favorite version of Osprey. My favorite match of the evening, Tomohiro Ishii defeats Moose in 16 minutes and 7 seconds with a brain buster. Yeah, nothing fancy. Just two big hosses out there beating the ever-loving crap out of one another until finally Ishii dropped Moose on his head, and that was the finish. That was it. Just a brain buster, which actually looked more like a vertical suplex because Moose is so big, but that was it. No false finishes, no BS, 
Typical Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, a little surprised to see Ishii get the win here. I kind of thought that they would give that win to Moose. Uh, I'm down to see another matchup, though. Give me Ishii versus Moose any day of the week. Looking forward to it. Good Brothers defeat John Moxley and Yuji Nagata in 10 minutes and 33 seconds. Nagata being Moxley's mystery partner. Kind of thought it was going to be Sammy Callahan. Yeah, I, I was looking for a Switchblade conspiracy reunion. Instead, we got Yuji Nagata. Uh, nothing against Nagata-san. I, I, I love me some Yuji Nagata, but... This one kind of went over like a fart in church. Uh, Good Brothers just absolutely destroy Yuji Nagata. I kind of forgot John Moxley was even in this match at a certain point. But this all to set up a promo afterwards as Carl takes the microphone and he's running his mouth about how G.O.D. is the greatest tag team in New Japan Pro Wrestling, even though they just re-debuted for the first time in five years. And then it hit the fan. Yeah, G.O.D., the Gorillas. Ain't nobody realer than Gorilla. And Tamatonga, fully eating up the good guy Tamatonga role. Bullet Club comes out as total baby faces of this show. That was weird. Coming out too sweet in the fans, getting the ring, and it's a stare down between the Good Brothers and the Gorillas. And who's not here for that, as my friend John Enright would say? Uh, yes. Sign me up. Sign me up twice. Sign me up three times. Sign me up four times. Give it to me in AEW. Give it to me in Impact Wrestling. Give it to me in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hell, if you put it in CMLL, I'll watch that show. I'd even watch Ring of Honor. Yeah, I was kind of a low blow, but man, Ring of Honor is just... Love me some Ring of Honor, but damn... They have really fallen off. Jay White defeats David Finley, 22 minutes and 59 seconds in his first defense of the Never Open Weight Championship. And then Jay gets on the microphone, and Jay says that he he's, you know, number one, he doesn't want to fight Tomohiro Ishii, who would come out and challenge after this match. But number two, Jay says that, you know, I'm going to be here in the States. I'm going to be here in the States for a while. Jay White also not in the G1, which is very disappointing. Um, but he teases, you know, I'll beat people up in New Japan Strong. I'll beat people up at Impact Wrestling. I'll even uh, beat people up over at AEW. Now you have my attention, Jay White. It, get your ass over on Wednesday nights. Get down to Jacksonville. Let's, uh, let's make something happen here because I need more Jay White on my television. Love me some Jay White. I've, I've fully turned at this point, even though he's still a swarmy dick. Hiroshi Tanahashi defeats Lance Archer to become the 10th IWGP United States champion and second Grand Slam winner. Of course, the first being Switchblade Jay White. 19 minutes and 22 seconds. This match was a little odd, and I say that in the respect that, number one, Lance comes out and he's clearly representing Suzuki Goon because Lance comes out. He lays out all the young boys. I forgot how much I missed a Lance Archer entrance in new Japan pro wrestling. And then he just proceeds to treat Hiroshi Tanahashi like a young lion. He just beats the ever loving crap out of Hiroshi Tanahashi talking mad smack to the fans. It's full on Suzuki Goon Lance Archer, which I absolutely loved, loved seeing it, loved every second of it. And then Tanahashi wins. He just wins with two high fly flows. He just happened to catch Lance, puts him down. And then Lance gets on the microphone afterwards and cuts a babyface promo about how much he respects Hiroshi Tanahashi and how he wants a rematch inside of AEW, which Tanahashi and AEW, that could be very interesting, especially with somebody that just debuted, I don't know, last night. CM Punk and Hiroshi Tanahashi? Yes, please. I'm, I'm absolutely down to see that. The other guy that I think we're going to see Tanahashi against is the guy who's been ducking. 
John Moxley. John Moxley sitting out at ringside drinking a beer throughout this match, and he was disgusted, absolutely and completely disgusted at the end of this match to see Hiroshi Tanahashi put the IWGP United States Championship around the waist of the universe. So that is your news update, guys. Now let's talk a little bit about Destino. Uh, obviously it's been a while between shows and the fact is I have been insanely busy and so have our rotating panel of guests between my schedule, which at this point is seven days a week, um, let alone all the podcasts I'm doing. Oh yeah. And I bought a house and I'm trying to keep up with that. And the kids are going back to school and you know, the wife wants stuff done around the house. I'm just busy. So between my schedule and New Japan's crazy schedule and putting out new episodes, it's grown into being quite the process. It seems like whenever I get around to actually being able to do a new episode, I'm already about three episodes behind. So I'm going to try changing things up a little bit. Don't worry, Destino isn't going anywhere. That said, you may be hearing more shows like this where I'm going solo a bit more than I necessarily like. That doesn't mean that you're not going to still be hearing from people like Mighty Joe, Billy Ray, 8-Track Brown, 8-Track Black, Mr. John Enright, the GAG from the PWC, my man Jimmy T, or the vet. But especially with G1 season, I'm going to try to pump out content every two to three days. So you may be seeing shorter and more solo shows. And then for the big reviews, previews, like for the G1, G1 final, Wrestle Kingdom, I will bring on some guests and we'll do kind of a, a round table of hosts. I'm also looking at setting up video versions of Destino as well as the Hitting the Marks podcast. So be on the lookout social media at DestinoPod, DestinoPod.com for video as that becomes available. So that's going to wrap things up for Muse and Notes. Let's get to your main event. Mighty Joe from Turnbuckle Talk, Turnbuckle Rewind. Hell, he's even doing another show over at Love Wrestling now. He's become quite the super producer. I'm very proud of him. And, of course, the man himself, the super producer of super producers, Mr. Billy Ray Valentine. I sit down. We talk some Wrestle Grand Slam, even though the show was a couple of weeks ago. Um, I know there's a lot of you that listen to this show that don't necessarily watch New Japan, but this is kind of your way of keeping up with things. So I wanted to go ahead and still cover the show. We will get to that right after these words from our friends over at Hami Media. Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hameen Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hameen Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top-rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand. The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now, The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. 
Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's got to be Russo'sBrand.com, bro. Again, we'd like to thank you for joining us here at HMG. And now it's time to be entertained. Back from Knife Party, and it is finally time to talk some Wrestle Grand Slam. We've been trying to get this show on the road for at least a week. And, you know, we, we, we here at Destino, we try to work around our guest host schedules. But unfortunately, this gentleman might have the most fucked up schedule of anybody that I possibly know. Billy Ray Valentine, we only bring you on for dome shows, bro. We try to throw you a freaking bone here. We finally got this thing scheduled. My brother, how are you? Man, <laughs> what's going on, buddy? <laughs> Thank you for having me on. You, you know how much I love to watch you work. Um, I, I have to get that line down. It's from The Princess Bride. You know how much I love to watch you work. But I have a city to, I don't know, to go to war with and this people to blame for it. Or no, I, forget the, I forget the freaking thing. But anyway, I'm going to get it down next time I'm here. Jargo, what is good? How are you? Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, and uh, and sorry that uh, not only is my schedule fucked up, but so is my brain. So <laughs> things are all over the place, but I appreciate you, man. What's going on? Yeah, man, you know, hanging out, being cool, watching Japanese pro wrestling and talking to cool people like our other guest in more regular rotation because, you know, he's a bit more available, although since he got the new job, not necessarily so much. Mighty Joe Morin from Turnbuckle Talk, which you can hear, of course, at the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. Mighty Joe, welcome back, my friend. How are things? Dude, it's a pleasure. It's been a hot minute since I've been on here to talk some wrestling that is only slightly pissing me off in comparison to a lot of the other <laughs> wrestling that I need to talk about on a weekly friggin' basis. But, you know, at, at the very least, you know, what brings us all together is we all love professional wrestling and well, she kind of cheap plug for the shirt that I'm wearing because I am part of the love wrestling brand as well. But dude, it's just a pleasure to be here with you two guys to talk some new Japan pro wrestling. Man, I'm going to start referring to you as the Mick Foley of the HTM Podcast Network out cheap here. Plugs? Just getting cheap pops, cheap yeah, plugs. I'm, I'm happy we could do this. Mighty Joe has been wanting to do a show with Billy Ray Valentine for a very, very long time. And I enjoy doing shows with Billy Ray Valentine as much as I possibly can, which is like once a quarter, maybe twice a year. Uh, so, you know... <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. This is going to be a lot of fun. And we start off with the fun. Toru Yano defending the KOPW. It's a New Japan Rambo. That's a, that's a rumble for those who don't know. But this time, because it's a KOPW stupid fucking Yano rumble, we've got <laughs> handcuffs involved. Oh, Jesus. I mean, 
did this work for you guys? Because it kind of worked oh. for me and it, it worked <laughs> only because it was a pre-show thing. Like I, I, I was fine with this because we want to get like 22 people inside of the Tokyo dome and give them that moment. I, I was fine with this. Billy Ray, you don't look like you were fine with this. Nah, man. Yeah, no, no, no. I wasn't. Um, you know, the the card in general was underwhelming, in my opinion, with the with the exception of uh, of uh, Okada and Jeff Cobb. I really wanted to see that, right? But um, but you know, this is you know par for the course. It's what they do at these big shows to try to get everyone in, and I I, I get it, right? I, I understand it, but uh, also I wasn't engaged by it, right? And and this is professional wrestling in general. I still have a very sweet spot for New Japan, of course, but uh. In general, I'm um, I'm just like not. Well, now AEW is catching me. They they're bringing me back. I think they got a hook in me, so that they're bringing me back. But but um, in general, I've had a problem like like all of us. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, right? With professional wrestling, but um, but uh, this this didn't catch me. You know, I, I'm not a fan of Mr. Yano either. I love to hear you rant about him, of course. Um, and uh, and Chase Owens isn't my dude either. You know, I just wasn't very uh, engaged in it. And quite frankly, I had to cut it. Personally, I wouldn't have done it if, if I was running things, but I'm not. But go ahead, bro. My problem was it was 35 minutes long. Like, it didn't need to be right. 35 minutes long for, for a pre-show, like, undercard kind of thing. Chase Owens winning this match, at least, you know, he hit it with a package pile driver. So I got to see Yano take a package pile driver. That made me happy. <laughs> um, and he is now, he's the first person to beat Yano for the KOPW. He is now the provisional holder. Mighty Joe, what did you make of the New Japan Rambo? Because I, I think I know the answer because at a certain point, Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata ended up in the ring together again. And I know that's one of your favorite things in the history of favorite things. Uh, watching Nagata and Suzuki beat the living shit out of each other is one of my favorite things in professional wrestling. Thank you to Michael Jargo for introducing me to, to that aspect. But I mean, just in general, since the last time you and I have gotten together to talk about New Japan Jargo, I've watched relatively little of it. And it's surprising kind of jumping back in at this point to see how the storylines really haven't gone anywhere since then. And they haven't really evolved or progressed very much. But I mean, inside this match, like I said, Nagata and Suzuki, cool to see that. Um, Yano, I, I could take him or, or leave him. Uh, Chase Owens, um, you know, I've had the, the pleasure to kind of meet and chat with him. I think uh, he, he's a cool dude. And I'd like to see him get a little bit more, uh, but with this though just the for me the, the sticking point is uh and i don't normally swear in podcasts but thankfully jergo's a little <laughs> uncensored here those fucking handcuffs that's just <laughs> fucking stupid man uh, you you have some of the best wrestlers in the world like getting eliminated and then just chilling just chilling handcuffed to whatever i i very and, much enjoyed and, honma and, and, on the outside directing traffic right? of who needs right? to go attack who and toss <laughs> who over at this point like and then What's the, uh, uh, I don't know why his name escapes me, the, the the big Mongolian dude there. What's his name again? The Great Okan. Great Okan. That's how unforgettable he is. <laughs> and inside that, the thing that you have a guy, they say what you will about the work and stuff like that, but you have a big guy like that, and they consistently on a regular basis make him look like a fucking idiot. You know, one of my favorite things right now is when why? he does the Mongolian chop and he does a... Like scream yeah. before he does it, like all the time. It's just it pops Dude, me every the time. Andre the Giant made that look cool, and even he didn't do that that much. But I mean, just it, it, it's it's a stupid gimmick, and 
He gets booked like a fucking idiot. Yeah, it, it, it's not good. It's <laughs> not good. Uh, so now, hey, two, two, two things, man. There's lightning and thunder going on outside. Just in case you hear it, I'm muted up, but yeah, some like, serious I, shit's going down. Andrew Bello and knows. Joe was like, Bello was knows. Andrew Bello knows that me and Billy Ray are, are recording together, and the god of thunder is just like bringing rain down upon thee. Please don't mention. Please don't mention that name. And you know, I've, it's been a, it's been a good time not not having to uh, to to share anything with the Andrew Bello. Please don't. <laughs> please don't bring him back up. Um, and, and when Joe, Joe was like, Hey, you know, we're going to, I don't normally swear here, but, but you know, I'm going to do, I was expecting like a real big, like, like <laughs> shit storm, you know, and it didn't happen. He was just like, you know, fucking handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. the, 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 uh, hey, he's Canadian. Oh, no. That's pretty extreme for him, Billy Ray. <laughs> dope, dope, dope. You're right. Nice guy. <laughs> Let's yeah, move on to the real card. And, and and before we talk about the real card, we have to talk about the presentation of the real card. Because while I was fine with the Rambo, because it was a pre-show match, what the hell were they doing here, guys? Like, this did not look like Tokyo Dome. They didn't even shut off the goddamn lights. Like, what? So oh. What's, what's the compa- So, attendance, sorry to cut you off, Jargo, but that's another thing that bugs me with this. I, I don't know if I would almost prefer to have no fans, but like in a in a place like the Tokyo Dome, I mean, we had five thousand three hundred eighty nine is the the count, yeah. and the Tokyo Dome can hold between forty two to fifty five thousand. Uh, that's a lot of fucking empty chairs there, boy. That, that that's a lot of emptiness, uh, and you notice it especially when they would do those wide shots. Yeah. Like, uh, how much is this to be blaming on COVID though? All of and, it. And not not right. to keep it tight instead of showing like all the emptiness. I think uh, a little bit of fault on production there, but it is what it is. All, all of this is, of course, because of COVID-19. Um, they halt they halted ticket sales. Uh, the, the New Japan audience were still stuck in clap crowds. All they can do is clap and stomp their feet. And inside of a venue like the Tokyo Dome, that just doesn't work. I mean, you would hear the guys like yelling out during the match and hear it literally echo throughout the Tokyo Dome. Damn. Crazy. Th- this was hard to watch just from that perspective. And especially with North American fans now being back in attendance, it just makes it so pronounced. No, I, I agree with you, man. Um, To be honest, I'd have canceled this show again. Uh, yeah. after the state of emergency and all of that. I just wouldn't have done it. Uh, but uh, they're, they're trying to recoup uh, recoup funds from uh, all the time that they were off. So I, I kind of understand, but it, it, there's optics here that that um, were unavoidable, like you said, that, that I wouldn't have done personally. I don't think it served them any better personally, but um, who knows? But you I hear mean, that? Wow. Bellow's <laughs> pissed. <laughs> Bellow is pissed. Uh, they're angry. <laughs> let's let's talk yeah, about the, the the real show kicking things off in true tokyo dome form iwgp junior heavyweight tag team championship on the line the annoying ass team of taija ishimori <laughs> and el phantasmo making their first defense against the mega coaches the even more annoying than el phantasmo rocky romero and ryusuke taguchi guys i this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I love the mega coaches. Uh, El Phantasmo is just 
the most appalling thing in all of professional wrestling. He gets great heat from me. There's nothing I enjoy more than watching El Phantasmo get punched in the face. And Taija Ishimori is just a world-class talent. Mighty Joe, I'll go to you first. What did you think of the junior tag team championships? I'm right there with you on this, man. I, I enjoyed the hell out of this match. And I, and I will say, too, just outside the actual match itself, subjective, I'm sure, uh, amongst uh, us and people listening, uh, that entrance music for Phantasmo uh, and Ishimori is fucking awesome. Headbang like, I actually club. Have a, I actually, uh, yeah, I actually downloaded it off of Apple Music on my phone. I listened to it like 20 times today again, prepared for the show. But uh, yeah, great match, great fun. And uh, dude, I'm not a tag team guy at all. And I was highly entertained by this match. It was uh, some great stuff. And uh, you know, we even, I guess, kind of solved the mystery if that's a loaded boot or not. Yes, kind of, maybe. Funny story about that entrance music. When he first debuted it, it was during the Super J Cup that he would go on to win. Right. And El Fantasmo, since he was in the United States and the Americans weren't worthy of hearing the music, he would have it edited out of the broadcast. So it would play Uh in the arena, but not over the PA system because Americans weren't worthy of hearing it. El Fantasmo is just such a heel. I I hate how much I enjoy me. Some (laughs) El Fantasmo, you know, Billy Ray Valentine. What's your take on ELP? Listen, I, I dug the match in general. It was 20 minutes. It, it seemed uh, like it was a lot quicker than that, to be honest with you, because, you know, it was going by fast-paced shen- shenanigans at the end. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I love El Fantasmo. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of him. And, uh, you know... Uh, What's up, buddy? El Canadian, too, by the way. Just one point. <laughs> of course. Of course. We got to get all that in there. No, it, it was a fun match, fast-paced match. I, I dug it. Um... And but I love tag team tag team wrestling, especially in Japan. Uh, I, I really love tag team wrestling in Japan. Tag team tag team wrestling in the states very different situation. Used to be good, not so good anymore. But in Japan, I dig it. And every time uh, one of these matches goes on, even no, you see some of these combinations over and over and over again. But they still manage to make it entertaining, at least for me. You know, so I, I dug it a lot. Of course, now as we are on the road to the MetLife Dome, the Super Junior Tag League is underway. We will be covering that probably on the next episode of Destino. Uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on the line. Robbie Eagles versus El Desperado. Um, Guys, (laughs) this one... Now that I understand what is going on here, it doesn't make me feel quite so bad, but this one really bothered me. Um, At the beginning of the show, Hiromu Takahashi comes out, announces he has been cleared. He wants whoever the winner is of this match. Robbie Eagles goes on to become the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, 19 minutes and 56 seconds. So now in the MetLife Dome, we're going to get Robbie Eagles versus Hiromu Takahashi. Should be a fantastic match, but more importantly, it seems like we're trying to save El Desperado versus Hiromu for a much bigger show, and I understand that, but the way they cast away El Desperado after how he has carried that junior division over the course of the last year really pissed me off. 
Uh, Billy Ray, I don't, I don't know how much you, New Japan you have been watching, but the brilliance of El Desperado at this point in his career is very apparent. What did you think of the junior match and this entire kind of situation? It seems like just to give the belt back to the biggest star in the division, Hiromu Takahashi. Right, and and that has to happen, right? He's one of the more the most popular guys in the company, regardless, right? Even if it's just in that division. So it has to happen, and, and I understand that, but I want to see it against El Desperado. Um, I, I'd rather him take the title off of El Desperado, but I, I know what they're trying to set up eventually moving down the road. I think he's fantastic. I love El Desperado. We spoke about this before. Last time I was on Destino, and uh, how I'm a mark for this sort of wrestling. You know, <laughs> I'm a mark for guys that have this dude style and you know and, and do the whole deal. But I, I really wanted. To, I, I'm not very very interested in a match with Robbie Eagles. And Hiromu, even though that'll be good too, I guess. But uh, you know what everybody wants to see, at least me. I want to see uh, El Desperado against them. And I, I, I would have rathered it happened now and then happened again, you know, uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, you know, like a, uh, a second match or a rubber match or something. But, uh, you know, I, I guess I can see what they've done here. And I, I understand where you're coming from uh, with... Uh, the way they've casted El Desperado away, but they'll give it back. It's coming back. I, I don't think they're just going to negate this thing. You know, eventually he get, he'll get his. Mighty Joe, you and I, we sat down with your tag team partner, Carl Carafel, <laughs> on Turnbuckle Rewind and did a watch along of Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado. Dude. Dude. Oh. Um, and, and it's incredible. I love that match. Um, what what do you make out of Robbie Eagles taking the title from Despy? The the matchup with Romu coming up at the Met Life Dome. What what's your take on the junior scene in New Japan right now? What I did actually before I watched this match, I actually paused it. I went back and watched the World, uh, you know, the Best of Super Juniors final from 2020. You know, I think between you and I, Jargo, probably like the best professional wrestling match from 2020 and it might um, be the best wrestling match i've seen in a decade yeah i mean it and, was uh, fantastic and, and, and again just uh, just great to, to kind of see that um with this i mean as long as the the end game here is to have a rematch with despy and Hiromu, then i'm all for it Kind of like Bill Ray Van Valentine saying, I would have liked to have seen them maybe kind of do it a couple times, like still have uh, Despy win and then kind of do that. But again, I mean, as long as the payoff is an epic match with these two guys, I'm okay with it. I agree with you, man. And I thought that they did some cool stuff. I think having Hiromu come out and kind of uh, get on the mic and get over the crowd, fantastic. And having him on commentary, fantastic. And then having that little kind of stare down with him and Robbie Eagles, well done there too. Like I said, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the result, but like I said, as long as it's going in the right direction and we get the right payoff in the end, I'm cool with it. I mean, let me ask you guys something real quick, man, that I've been noticing. And this is one of the, even though the 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 light heavyweight title got spread around a little bit more than the IWGP title, maybe maybe we'll talk about this with with uh, with Shingo at the end. But I I feel that uh, they're giving these titles away just a little bit easier a little bit a little a little bit more quick uh quickly and uh to more people right I, I just i'm having a bit of an issue with that we can discuss that later if you want yeah no i i think that's absolutely a valid point and yeah we we can certainly talk about that with the iwgp world heavyweight championship um i, I my question is 
Hiromu has said multiple times that he wants the junior title to headline a Tokyo Dome show. Uh, I don't know if they're planning on doing two dome shows this year like they have the last couple of years. I hope they just go back to one dome show, but it wouldn't surprise me if they run two. Is Hiromu versus El Desperado, is that a big enough match to headline Tokyo Dome with? Yep. I believe so. Yep. Yeah. I believe so. It's, it's the type of fan, right, that... um that watches the New Japan professional wrestling show, right? They're going to want to see that. So people that watch New Japan are, are totally invested in and they'll they'll pay for it. I'll pay for it, you know, um, to see something like that. Uh, while maybe that wouldn't translate the same way in the States, but I, I want to make an argument that it would if you have the two uh, the right two people in, in that spot. And I think these guys are, are the right two people. I think, I think they can headline a show without a doubt. And the temptation in North American wrestling with what's gone on with these guys would be to throw in some kind of like stipulation, whether it be like a mask thing or a no DQ stipulation with with me. Just keep it just a straight up match between these two right. guys. Just a straight up match and just let these two go out there and do what they do best. And that's just put on an emotional match and just beat the eleven shit out of each other. It would not surprise me with when you talk about Hiromu Takahashi and El Desperado, Joe, we've obviously talked about the, their decade-long history going way back. Such, yeah, I would not be surprised at some point to see a hair versus mask match between Hiromu sure. Takahashi mm -hmm. and El Desperado. That would not sure. surprise me, especially with both of their Mexican roots when it comes to their styles. I could totally see that match. Yeah, for sure. And that would be pretty insane, too. But for, Epic. Uh, for uh, Epic. a main event dome show like at a Wrestle Kingdom, I think that you just you keep that straight up. Yep, I'm with you. Match. I'm with you. Yeah. Let's go from the little motherfuckers to the bad motherfuckers. The yeah. match that Billy Ray Valentine came to see, Kazuchika Okada versus Jeff Cobb. This match goes 20 minutes, and it's basically Jeff Cobb beating the ever-loving tar out of Kazuchika Okada for about 19 minutes and 55 seconds. But, you know, Kazuchika Okada, while he may be the rainmaker, he may be the greatest of all time, the longest-reigning IWGP world champion of all time, his best friend is Toru Yano. And you know what he has learned from Toru Yano? Okada can roll a motherfucker up. <laughs> How many times have we seen Okada roll a motherfucker up? Right? Yeah. Right. He rolls oh, up man. Jeff Cobb, man. Right, I, right. All it takes is three seconds. Jeff Cobb got taught a lesson in this match. It doesn't matter how much you beat me up. I only need three seconds to roll a motherfucker up. Billy Ray Valentine, I love this match. They made Jeff Cobb look like a monster, and Okada right. still gets the win, survives against Jeff Cobb. We're even rolling it back at the MetLife Dome here very, very shortly. That show is coming up. What did you think of the Rainmaker versus the Monster Matanza? I mean, Jeff Cobb. <laughs> Jeff Cobb is fantastic. I am a massive, massive fan, right? So coming into this, you know, that's that's Okada, right? That's the dude, right? You know, so it's like, all right, what's going to happen? And um, I think, didn't these guys square off in the G1 at some point, mm -hmm. right? And, and it was a similar finish. Yep. It was, I think it was, it might've been a roll-up finish. Regardless, Jeff Cobb's been on a roll, right? He's been some freaking monster. He's been doing his thing. 
And uh, they needed to preserve that, right? And uh, But they also wanted to give Okada the win, and I think they did it perfectly, right? Because Jeff Cobb dominated the entire match. You know, um, and and when you dominate Okada, that's that's a big, big accomplishment, right? But um, but Okada got the best of him, rolled him up one, took off, you know. Um, but uh, so I, I think I love the way they did it because nobody got, you know, both both guys benefited. Both guys came off looking good here. And um they're gonna keep Okada strong. I think Okada's winning the G one, right? Agreed. I mean, I think that's a, a foregone conclusion at this point, and uh and he'll challenge for the title. But uh, Jeff Cobb is is something to look at. He's, he's going to be a big star. I hope he does not come over to to uh, the WWE. And if he ever does decide to to leave New Japan, go to AEW, go anywhere else except for the WWE, because then that's the graveyard. That's where you go to lose all of your momentum. Uh, don't do it. I'm very disappointed that John Moxley has lost the IWGP United States Championship. And that's only because I wanted to see Jeff Cobb versus John Moxley and have Jeff Cobb right. be the guy to take that title from Mox. Like, I want right. to see that match. I think it would be fantastic. Mighty Joe, what did you make out of the Rainmaker and Jeff Cobb? Where are you at with Jeff Cobb? And do you agree with me and Billy Ray Valentine? Kazuchika Okada, your G1 Climax 31 winner. Oh, for sure. Uh, Okada, I mean, he's a shoe-in to win the G1 this year. But my question, though, is uh, I think the last time Jargon and I talked about an Okada match, I forget what match it was, but he was trying to hit that money clip submission. Oh, and the fucking yelling, money clip. And then you were yelling out. Oh, what was that line? What was that line you were yelling out? Oh. In the middle of the night at like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Just Rainmaker the motherfucker. Right? Just Rainmaker so, him. So <laughs> What are you doing? Just hit it with a fucking clothesline, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so we're, 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 did that happen this match too? Or were you calling for it? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I call for it all the time. Like, I don't yeah. understand why Kazuchika Okada doesn't like go out there and just start Rainmaker and people like, you know, 30 seconds into the match. Like, he just. Right? Yeah. It doesn't work 30 seconds into the match. It has to be at the 45-minute mark, the 30-minute mark. That's when it starts to take shape and it starts to actually work. He has to power up. Did Did you guys ever see that video of Okada breaking a baseball bat with a Rainmaker? I have not seen that. Me I mean, neither. after I saw that, I was like, dude, I believe. <laughs> I don't even care if that fucking baseball bat was gimmicked. Like, you sold me. That Rainmaker will take a motherfucker's head off. You know, like. I mean, Okada, I mean, what can you say? I mean, is it still a fair statement to say, dude, one of the in the top five in the world? Oh, oh I, I think he's easy. the best in yeah. the world. Like, right. hands down. I, well, I, well, well. And yeah. now, too, with <laughs> venturing into a little bit of speculation with all this cross promoting going on, I mean, once more travel is available, I mean, the, like, AEW, all these guys, th these companies, they're going to be making use of him. I mean, he's going to be appearing all over the place. I mean, how could you not with fucking Okada? One of the biggest him. matches in the world that you could put on would be Okada Omega 4. I mean, people have oh. been salivating for that for years. Re yeah. Regardless where you do Dude. it, you're going to sell 50,000 tickets. Co-promotion co with New Japan and AEW at the title Garden. versus title, at, bro? At the Garden, Omega and Okada, main event at the Garden. Boom. I mean, they don't have to have the straps, but 
if that happens, I want credit for that idea. You pay me some fucking money. See, the idea I always liked Billy Ray was Omega winning the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship and Okada being the guy to go get it back. That's yeah, what I always wanted. That's good, too. That'd be fantastic. I mean, uh, I, I'd love to see it personally, but uh, I, you, you know how much I'm, I'm a mark for uh, for titles, so... If if uh, Omega walked in with the with the AEW strap and Okada walked in with the New Japan strap, you know, and they ah oh, man, that would be like Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior all over again, right? Just yeah. better. Um, well, in ring anyway. <laughs> in ring know, by but, far. Uh, right, <laughs> right, right. But um, but yeah, I would I would love to see that. Um, and 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 it's not out of the realm of possibility, to be honest with you. I think uh. As time unfolds just a little bit, um, we're gonna see a lot of that. And I, I, I think, I think there's a possibility. This is off subject, and we can circle back. But I, I think that there is a, a a big possibility that AEW takes over in in the ratings war and uh, and and beats Raw fairly soon. I think there's a big possibility of that. I said that actually on the most recent episode of Turnbuckle Talk for a while now, WWE has actually said, you know, we do not see AEW as competition. I think that that time has come and gone. I think AEW is stepped up to a certain point now to where they're legitimate competition now. Agreed. They've crept up. And, dude, if, if they do get Punk and Daniel to debut, that just may be enough to put them over the top. Yeah. It's happening, bro. Good debut. Yeah. American wrestling sucks. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) 2J. IWGP heavyweight tag team championship match on the line. And Billy Ray Valentine, I do remember the last time we talked, you were making a pitch for the great Sonata. And instead of the great Sonata, you have gotten the great Ocon and just regular freaking Sonata. But now he is tag team partners with El Ingobernable himself, Tetsuya Naito, evidently just having an absolute blast as part of a tag team and saving up his bump card. They are the champions going into this match and drop it right back to the former champions. First defense, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi, the dangerous techers. 37 minutes and 58 seconds that felt like about 17 freaking minutes. I loved the hell out of this tag team match. What do you make of the not so great Sonata Tetsuya Naito tag team? Well, I mean, I, I wish they would do something with Sonata, but I think that time that, 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 that boat has sailed and we talk about it every time I come up to, to Destino. But I, I think at this point it's 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 a wrap, right? It, it is what it is. Whatever. Um, I, I enjoyed the hell out of the of the match though. Um, and and uh, he, him and and Aito make a good tag team. I enjoy watching them. It's 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 a fun it's a fun tag team. Um, it was a little bit too long for me, uh, just a little bit. It did. I mean, it did keep me engaged. But thirty six minutes is a long time, uh, for a tag team match, in my opinion. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, Jargo. Continue. Give me a second. The setup, Joe, going into this match, we were getting Sonata versus Tai Chi, Naito versus Zack, Sonata versus Zack, Naito versus Tai Chi. There's bad blood all the way around between all of these guys, except for some reason, Zack Sabre Jr. suddenly doesn't want to wrestle Tetsuya Naito, which is absolutely hilarious because all he does is stretch him every time they're in the freaking ring together. Um, I, I very much enjoyed this match, though, and I... I, I feel kind of dirty saying it, 
but I'm really coming what? around on the dangerous techers. I can't believe that I like anything Tai Chi is affiliated with, but I really like the dangerous techers. All right. So I'm going to start off with Tai Chi. I'm going to stay on brand with the last time I've talked. It's been a while since I've been able to talk about Tai Chi. All right. Tai Chi. I know you're not going to be able to see me right now, but you can hear me if you're going to listen to this. Dude, if you're going to do a lip syncing gimmick, At you need to actually lips. move your fucking <laughs> lips if you're going to lip sync as part of your gimmick. Or maybe a stretch, maybe learn how to sing. That's asking too much, but you know, at least move your mouth if you're going to be lip syncing. Try it, it looks bad, but I digress on that. But the match itself, like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of like three quarters of the people in this match. And unpopular opinion, guys, this match didn't do much for me. Like, it, mm. it, I, I watched it and it happened, and I was like, meh. Could meh. it have been because it was too long? Yes, yeah, 37 minutes is a long time for a tag team match that doesn't really i mean we just we changed the the title holders and that's really all the business we did it, it uh, don't get me wrong zach saber jr and especially naito love both of those guys but this match did nothing for me i gotta be perfectly honest with you well i mean speaking of guys that do nothing for me after this match goto and yoshihashi come out and stake their claim <laughs> that they want to be the iwgp heavyweight tag team champions so now we're going to have a triple threat inside of the MetLife Dome. Sonata and Naito versus Yoshihashi and Goto versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. Billy Ray Valentine, I, I know that you speak with the booking committee, so I have to bring this up to you. Uh, what the hell's going on, man? Because New Japan doesn't do triple threats, but a tag team triple threat? What the hell, man? Like, how, how does this get through? What? I Zach don't. Saber versus Naito. Just give me that. I'll be happy. <laughs> I'm, Zach Saber, Naito. I'm not Let's... sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. What's up? No, no, go ahead. I, I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, you're fine, brother. I won't. <laughs> Whatever. Let me go. <laughs> uh, no, man. I, I, I don't know. I, I was kind of surprised about that myself. What's up, buddy? I said, I'm the Canadian. You don't apologize. I have to apologize. I'm the Canadian. <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> um, no, I, I was kind of surprised about that myself, to be honest with you. Um, uh, being honest, since since Joe started with unpopular opinions, the the, the you know the, <laughs> the 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 tag team division uh, in New Japan hasn't really been doing doing it for me for a while. You know, I still like tag team wrestling in Japan better than tag team wrestling in, in the U.S., but this hasn't really been doing it for me. Um, regardless, I, I think it would be a a fun match. I don't know what they're trying to put together. I don't know what type of gimmick. New Japan is getting kind of gimmicky now too. You know what I mean? They're 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 making they're doing they're making an effort to do a lot of that, and I would stay away from it. But sometimes it works if you do it the right way. And I think I suspect that's what they're trying to do with this uh, tag team match to make it a three way. Even after nine defenses of the never open weight six man championships, Goto and Yoshihashi, I just no, right? No. Right. No. I just I can't I can't get into it. Like Yoshihashi's a great story. I'm happy that he's running around with one of the six man titles, but yeah, that's that's about your ceiling, bro. Agreed. And for a change, you didn't call him Yoshi Bon Jovi, by the way. Yoshi Bon Jovi. <laughs> well, he kind of cut the hair. Like if you notice, it's not nearly as quaffed as it used to be. You know. <laughs> Billy Ray knows what I'm talking about. He's a man with a beautiful head of hair. Quaffed. Oh, yeah. It was very well quaffed. 
That's, that's, that's the word of the day, folks. Quaffed. Quaffed. Well, you, you want to talk about quaffed. Let's get to your main event. IWGP <laughs> World Heavyweight Championship. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Mr. Quaff himself, filling in for a very, very ill Kota Ibushi. Um, Billy Ray Valentine, I know you're very, very close to the Ibushi camp. Uh, he, yeah. he, he is, you belong to the cult of Ibushi. You and Master Wado running around inside of the cult of Ibushi. Um, I don't know how much you have heard about this Ibushi situation, but I, I heard a report as recently as last week that Kota Ibushi is still in the hospital. Um, well, he, he, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Aspirational mm-hmm. pneumonia is uh, the actual diagnosis. It's not related to COVID. It's aspirational pneumonia. Although I find it very, very odd that already in the month of August, I've heard of more people having pneumonia uh, than I did in all of 2020 and 2019 put together. No, man, I I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, and and I think uh, Cody Bush is the best in the world. He's just uh, very injury prone, right? But uh, this is crazy, right? Uh, and I heard some of the things I heard that he was still in in the hospital. And this uh, type of pneumonia is supposed to be no joke, right? right. Uh, I think the dude's going to be fine, right? I, I think he's going to be all right. And, and and best wishes to go out to Kota Bushi. But um, this is a serious, it could be a serious situation. We don't know exactly what's going on with Kota. But uh, he may still be in the hospital. I, I, I think maybe I read the same report. I was keeping up on it to see what was going on with him. Because, uh, you know, even now with COVID, like, it's so easy to, well, at least I've seen it uh, or I've heard of it in, in hospitals. Like, uh, people go in, they're COVID negative, and then they catch COVID, and then it's the end of the freaking world, right? right. Because they got they, they came in with asthma or some lung-related thing, and, and this is uh, a lung-related thing. So I, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on it. I'm hoping he's okay. I think he's going to be fine. But um, you're right. I think he's still sick, Jargo. Joe, any any wishes that you want to send to the god of professional wrestling, Kota Ibushi? I mean, you know, just outside of, you know, subjective opinions of whether wrestlers are good or not, you never want to see something like this happen to, to anybody who is uh, brave enough to step between the ropes and uh, do battle in the ring. So uh, just hoping that Ibushi can pull through because, I mean, hate to see a career like that man's cut short because there's so much more that he can give to uh, us fans that uh, would definitely don't want to see that cut short. So, of course, we were expecting Kota Ibushi versus Shingo Takagi to headline yeah. a Tokyo Dome show. That sounds legit. And then it was like, oh, damn, Ibushi's sick. What are they going to do? Well, thankfully, New Japan Pro Wrestling has this guy named Hiroshi Tanahashi. And so they just pivot to the ace. And this, I, I don't know how many times I have said this, over the course of the last three years, Mighty Joe, this might have been the last great Hiroshi Tanahashi match. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I feel like I was just saying this all of the time. Tanahashi just going out there having this was a five star match on Why 24 hours mortal. notice. And, and, and who else in the world is capable of doing it? I think that's the most impressive part, even at his age, to be able to just basically at the drop of a hat to come in and deliver in a main event with a guy like Shingo. I mean, this is a guy that you could literally put in any position and would do a fantastic job. It's really impressive to see. And 
dude, I mean, th- this was my match of the week, actually, on Turbuckle Talk. Shingle versus Tanahashi in this mm-hmm. match. I mean, just a bit of a longer match. I know that can be a little off-putting to some North American wrestling fans, but do yourself a favor. If you have not watched this match between Shingo Takagi and Hiroshi Tanahashi, you're doing yourself a great disservice by not watching it. It is fucking fantastic, guys. Just amazing. Great match. Now, after the match, maybe not so much. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. But what what makes this match different? Because this match goes 37 minutes and 26 seconds. The IWGP Heavyweight Championship match right before it goes 37 minutes and 58 seconds. They, they, they were they were basically the same length. Yeah, it's the emotional right. and the story being told in the ring by two of the best in the world. That's the difference. And, and it's the heavyweight title too. Like we're 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 accustomed to seeing that title and that spot take up a certain amount of time. So we're, we're, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a thing already. It's, it's been an established thing, uh, for the match before it to go the same amount of time, you know, and it's a tag match for that matter. I I don't know if it's the same. Plus like, like, like Joe said, it's Hiroshi Tanahashi, man. You know, there's only, but so many people that can do this, right? It's him or maybe Kurt Angle, you know, Shawn Michaels in his prime, you know, I mean, that's it. There's, there's not a lot of people that can show up and put on a show, AJ Styles, you know, um, He's the guy. Tanahashi's that dude. So um, he, he's he's going to command that type of respect in the ring. What's up, buddy? It helps when you're in there with Shingo Takagi, who yeah, uh, might be the best wrestler in the world right now. I mean, Shingo's clicking on all cylinders. Uh, he he might have been one of the best wrestlers in the world for a long time, but he was over at yeah. Dragon Gate, and, and everybody was, uh, you know, people don't don't dive into Dragon Gate as much as New Japan or whatever. I, I remember him kicking ass over there and, and uh, feuding with BB Hulk. And doing his thing, like I, you know, and I, I never thought that that Shingo, you know, would come over and be the IWGP Heavyweight Champ. I was shocked. Shingo, I was shocked. Shingo would be somebody that if he went to the WWE, Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. would absolutely despise him because of how well he's able to get over himself. Right. Vince would be like, nope, clipping your feet, buddy. You're <laughs> yeah. going to uh, whatever. You're, we're 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 put you in the mid card, and then. Eventually, your ass is out of town. Right, 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 right. He is so, so good at even just like in the match itself to endear himself to that audience. It, it's a rare characteristic for somebody to just organically, like the, the only other person that I think of current day that has done it that successfully. Maybe it seems a little ridiculous to you guys, but Josephus in the NWA, there's another guy that like just organically, genuinely got himself over with that audience, like just 100%. That's Shingo. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying. Darby Allen, I feel that way about uh, Jungle Boy, I think is kind of in that category where he's just going out and getting himself over Sammy Guevara. Um, A (laughs) lot of AEW guys, because let's face it, they're the new promotion on the block and they got a lot of new faces that had to go out there and get themselves over. Uh, Shingo, that dude, he is a bad freaking dude, you know, like. Shingo Takagi, that bell rings. He is going to give you absolutely everything. Billy Ray, I'm with you. I always thought he was going to be like the, the the next coming of Tomohiro Ishii, where he would be that that workhorse who would go out there, have the best match on the card all night, and then he would lose, and they would never actually give him the strap. I'm happy to see Shingo in this spot. Did they make you believe that Tanahashi could win this title? Uh. 
I never thought that he could win. <laughs> I never, you know, it was a foregone conclusion for me what was going to happen. But this is just based on storyline. I guess in the ring, you know, it was such an incredible match. But I, I never fully bought into the um to the idea that Tanahashi was going to walk out with that belt. Like, what happens afterwards, you know, if Tanahashi actually walks out with that belt? Plus, it was a replacement, you know, it was a last-minute thing. It was an excellent replacement, and they put on a hell of a match. But I, I was never... I never really thought that Shingo was losing, you know. So when I saw the conclusion, I was like, okay, it is what it is. I, I get it. I understand it. The match itself, though, was fantastic. The lead up to it was great. It, it was really difficult when you only have 24 hours to, you know, promote a match. It, it helps that you got Hiroshi Tanahashi in the main event of the Tokyo Dome. But, boy, you're fighting an uphill battle to make it believable that Tanahashi was going to win this title. Joe, did they get you? I'm in the same boat as, as Billy Valentine here. That uh, again, a fantastic match between the two guys, but it never really truly felt like the title was in danger, despite of just how amazing the match itself was inside of what it was. All in all, what did you guys think? Wrestle Grand Slam. I mean, I'm still not a fan of doing more than Wrestle Kingdom inside of the Tokyo Dome. But all in all, like this card, it felt very, very thrown together, but right. I really enjoyed the show. Yeah, I think they put together a good show considering that the card was underwhelming as fuck, right? So I, I, I think um, if you tuned in, I don't know what people's expectations were, but I think the, the show, you know, uh, overperformed. In, in that manner. That's not saying a ton because, you know, the expectations were low, but it, it did overperform. Like, I mean, the, the Tanahashi match like we just spoke about was great. And the Okada match was fantastic as well. Uh, but, but you know, that that goes without saying. Nine times out of ten, those guys are going to put on incredible matches. Um, so I, I'm with you. I wouldn't have done this in the Tokyo Dome. I would have done this somewhere else. And, and I know what they were trying to accomplish. But after the first cancellation, I'd have canceled again and just said, you know what? cut our losses, we'll do this somewhere else, whatever. And and might have been a little bit of a more intimate show and it might have, you know, the optics might have been better for it. Um, but uh, regardless, like if you haven't seen um, the card or you haven't seen the 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 event, go ahead and go ahead and do so. You're, you're not like it's going to be raining on Saturday or something, man. Sit down and watch it. You're going to love it. And Joe, I would recommend, like you brought up earlier, as soon as this match is over, turn it off, walk away. Yeah, because you don't need to see the post match. Uh, afterwards, mm. Evil comes out, basically lays down his challenge to Shingo Takagi. This is going down in the MetLife Dome. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Understand this fascination that they have with pushing Evil so high up on the card I, I don't nothing nothing against the guy I, I thought you know especially with him and Sonata as a tag team I thought that they they complemented each other really well but just evil as as a singles guy in the main event picture I just I've never been able to buy into that concept I'm with I, you Joe. I, I don't know what I don't, what is it there's just some intangible thing that's just not there to that to click with me with this guy I, I, I don't know what it is I don't know I agree with you no I, I completely agree with you <laughs> I, I think Good tag team wrestler, but not a main event singles guy. And, and I mean, they, they they were put in a position, right? And they and they made this guy the dude. I, somebody made the decision. He's definitely got the look, right? And maybe you can do something with him, but he's missing something. Just like you're saying, Joe, he's missing something. There's something not there 
that I can't I can't relate to him being a main event guy like in in New Japan. I could never I could never get the picture out of my head out of my uh, my my brain of him holding the IWGP strap. That that's the most prestigious title in wrestling still still to this day. Yeah. And and I'm like this guy, you know, it's I don't want to say David Arquette. Got yo and I saw the David Arquette documentary on a plane from San Francisco to New York about 2 weeks ago. Fantastic. It's it is watch really- it. Yeah, yeah. right. Shouts to David Arquette. It's freaking dope. Um, regardless, um, I I never understood why how why they put evil in the position and and I can't see him in the main event picture. I get Shingo. I understand Shingo. I, I, I'm happy about it. I remember. I think the first time I saw Shingo was against Davy Richards, and and Davy Richards was my dude. Right, and that was an incredible match. You know, um. So I get, and I'm happy for that, and I, I get, and he fits the mold of what an IWGP champion should be, in my opinion. I don't think Evil fits that mold. He reminds me of Kevin Nash. I don't know why. Except he doesn't blow his quads out on a regular basis. <laughs> well played. Sorry, sorry, Kevin. Sorry, sorry. Billy Ray, I know you're an incredibly busy man, and you got to go. You got to get out of here. Why don't you put over your social media, tell people how to keep up with you, tell them about the fringe, tell them about whatever the hell's going on with, with Billy Ray Valentine. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I wish I could stay longer and talk to both of you two fine gentlemen for a lot longer. Unfortunately, I have to go. Um, <laughs> like, really, like, I'm late. But... Uh, <laughs> Hey, you said ten said minutes, said, like said, five minutes ago. I <laughs> because, I, but I, I said ten minutes because I'm I'm gonna be late by fifteen minutes. So I'm like, okay, right. <laughs> so, so, and they're hitting me up. They're like, hey, don't forget that you have to be in this thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'll be right there. But anyway, um, uh, the Infinite Fringe. You know, that's that's about the only thing that I can do consistently now, and not even that. Like, if you go on infinitefringe.podbeam.com or the Infinite Fringe uh, on Apple Podcast. I put up something like once every two weeks, you know, or, or twice a month, more or less. And it's not uh, it's not set. Uh, luckily, people keep coming back to listen. So thank you for anyone that listens. I really appreciate it, man. It, it means a whole lot to me. Uh, and I will try to get more consistent with it. I am currently doing a, a live show for Aftermath.fm every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, I, I should be doing that through the end of the year. Um, so go check it out. And um Damn, I think that's it. That's all I got. Oh, uh, America Unplugged over on Rockfin. I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with the Rockfin platform, but uh, it's uh, it's YouTube for people that want to want to talk whatever they want to talk about and not get banned from YouTube. So uh, go to go to Rockfin and go check it out. It's free to sign up, you know, and you get tons of, of content. America Unplugged is there. We just put up a a, a pilot episode. And we will go from there. We we're going to broadcast live every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Can't guarantee that I will be there, but um, Tony Atterburn and Don Jeffries definitely will. Thank you both, uh, both of you fine gentlemen, for having me on. It's been really fun. We should do this again very soon, and I will make sure I make myself available to do it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Anytime, it. my friend. Be well. Be well. Get to school, you damn hippie. I know. I'm the worst. <laughs> Joe, take it easy, buddy. Take it Dude. easy, John. Go talk to you soon. Joe, why don't you go ahead, put over your social media, and let people know about Turnbuckle Talk, Turnbuckle Rewind, Love Wrestling. Oh, my God, Between Two Beards, which sounds like a really bad porno. Like, what what all you got going on, Mighty Joe? 
Well, that's just it, man. I have a, a lot going on, you know, outside of the real life gimmick, which eats up 40 plus hours a week. You know, what? doing turnbuckle talk where on the most recent episode, I mean, we buried WWE about as worse as we've ever, ever buried them. So go and check that out if that's your cup of tea. Um, Always enjoy WWE yeah. getting buried, man. It's one of oh, my favorite and, and pastimes. You're in for a tree with this past episode. Um but kind of the opposite, I guess, of that uh, on most recent episode of Termuckle Rewind, we revisited WrestleMania 31 with the matchup between Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, an excellent matchup there and definitely worth checking out, you know. And then on top of that, actually about less than two hours away from after this, I'm going to be producing Between Two Beards, as uh, Drago just mentioned, with uh, JPJ and Plug over there. Always a good time sitting on and producing that show for those gentlemen. And then, you know, doing... All the stuff for Love Wrestling, Sunday brunch, the blowing off stream. That's a lot of stuff, man. And then, you know, when I have time, I get to watch a little bit of wrestling. And then if there's some extra time, I might get to sleep. And if there's even a little bit more time, you know, we might sit down and talk about it. Yeah, not, and then not and then, not you sleeping. I don't want to talk about that, man. I want to know what you're doing when you're sleeping. And then if there's maybe a little bit more time, maybe we'll, we'll get a chance to have some tacos, and that's really about it. And then for social media, of course, at TV Talk Log, So that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. And toss us one of those five-star reviews and help us out in the algos. Destino is brought to you by our friends over at the HTM Podcast Network, Hami Media Group, the PW Hustle, the Rational Rage Network, and NDPW.com. Find the show online at DestinoPod.com, across all social media at DestinoPod. Keep up with me on my website, MichaelJargo.com, which also needs seriously updated. Very special thanks to Mighty Joe and Billy Ray Valentine for joining me on this episode. I will be back the first week in September to talk about the Grand Slam Dome shows as well as to preview the G1. Until then, find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, be it Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, or iHeartRadio. Enjoy the road to the MetLife Dome, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back in your ear holes soon, I promise, with an all-new edition of Destino a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. Matane.